The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Vidon, joined by the Fantasy Master Lothario, the spectacled, mustachioed <laughs> man of mystery, Gray Albright. How are you doing over there, Gray? Hey, man. What's going on? Right now, I'm in... Uh, I, I I think I mentioned before that I'm having work done on the house, so I'm in... Uh, I'm in a different room again, um, <laughs> and my uh, my my dog. Even though he can spell, so I'm I'm hesitant to spell his name, but he's in the room with me. Um, T E D, my dog, <laughs> uh, and if I say his name, he he might lose it. <laughs> so, so so no talk of uh, blank Williams, the once. 400 hitter for the Red Sox. <laughs> we will we will try to avoid sensitive topics <laughs> and names. Yeah. And if you need to mention uh, blank Hagulera, uh the <laughs> Brewers pitcher from the 80s. <laughs> oh, don't do it. Uh, yeah, so what's going on, B-Don? Let's do this, man. Let's get going. Yeah, Whoa. man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so... Let's start with some call-ups. Jordan Westberg was called up by the Orioles this year in AAA. He's he's hitting. He had 18 home runs, six stolen bases, 57-54. He's hitting 295, 372, 567. So far in his two games up, he's hit seventh and started at second base. 
He's actually only played seven games there in AAA this year, Gray. He played most of his games at shortstop. He played 33 games there. He played 20 games at third base as well. And he played he played the outfield, I think, twice. So there's there's a possibility that they move him around. I don't know. I, I feel like with the way that their infield is starting to shape up, they just need to plant these guys at whatever position they're going to be. But, you know, the Orioles are, are going to do what the Orioles are going to do. Yeah. My... Uh... So I'll talk about West uh, Westberg in a second, but my big issue now is is Gunnar Henderson going to get platooned out versus lefties? <laughs> Don't love that. No, Don't love it. Not I, a know, deal. It's like in the uh, you said uh, Westberg has played uh, two games. It's only it's only been one game as far as I know. But okay. maybe you're from the future. Uh, yeah, I you know. I think Gunner, as of right now, he's only played one at least, I think. Um, yes, yeah, right. I mean, with Gunner Henderson, in the first game that uh, Westberg was up on Monday, Henderson was benched, and it was a lefty. Man, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's bad. I really, like, you know, I've said before in the past that, like, you know, uh, platooning lefties out against tough lefties is, uh, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but... It wasn't it wasn't really a tough lefty. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And and to like play uh Jorge Mateo and Ramon Urias instead. Like what? Uh, come on, man. Like it's like don't do that. Don't be that person. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't don't man. Come on. Gunnar Henderson needs to get his at bats. I mean, he is he is like I, th- I feel like this season, Gunnar Henderson's sort of been the guy who's, um, you know, he's been sort of swept, not not uh, at, like in, just the enthusiasm and the sheer spectacle of like the Corbin Carrolls and the Ellie De La Cruzes and like all these other prospects who have come up. I feel like Gunnar Henderson's sort of been forgotten a little bit. But he is still really good. Like, Gunnar Henderson should not be forgotten. Like, he is still a 270, 280 hitter in the uh, making with, like, 30 homer power and 15 steel speed. Like, Gunnar Henderson's still going to be great. Okay? Um, anyway, uh, hold on. i got to step down from my soapbox about Gunnar <laughs> Henderson. The soapbox <laughs> is labeled Gunnar Henderson. So, okay. So, Westberg. Uh, yeah, like Westberg and also Colt, uh, Colton Kowser, uh, who sounds like a British food, <laughs> right? Like, like, hey, 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 Oreos, why don't you call up Peak Freens? Or like a superhero, like a, a bad superhero name. Colton Kowser, yeah. Like, um, like uh, Beef Man. Colton Kowser versus the world. Yeah, beef man. Hey, <laughs> hey, Mister Beef. Uh, okay, so anyway, Westberg. He is much like Colton Kowser. Like, what were like? How long was? How long are the Orioles keeping guys in Triple A? <laughs> you you should never have a situation where a guy is in Triple A long enough to accumulate thirty five plus homers and fifteen steals. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, man, like that's like that's basically the team is asleep at the wheel. Like no one, especially at like twenty three or twenty four years old. Like it's one thing if a guy is like twenty eight, twenty nine years old and he's a quad A player. Like okay, that's fine, whatever. 
But, you know, like the stats that um, Westberg was uh, accumulating, it reminds me of like, you know, like the last one I can think of that was like a ludicrous um, AAA uh, accumulator was like Jock Peterson. (laughs) That's going back pretty far. But like, I think he went 30-30 in his last year in AAA. And it's like, you should never, no one should ever go 30-30 in AAA. Again, unless they're like, you know, 28 or 29. So anyway, so Westberg... And Colton Kowser, both were in AAA way too long. Westberg and Kowser should have been in the majors, like, you know, to start this year, if not uh, much earlier than uh, end of June. But we got Westberg at least, so that's good. So now my big thing with him is, you know, because he does have good contact. He had great, uh, he had a solid strikeout rate in AAA. Uh, good power and speed, like I mentioned, with the uh, 35 plus homers, 15 steals. Uh, so my big thing is like playing time. So I've already said like Gunnar Henderson got benched versus a lefty, and Westberg's a righty. So, I mean, God forbid he were to be benched versus righties. <laughs> That's that would be <laughs> that would be the end of his like fantasy value. Like that would essentially just like it would be that would be it for him. So the Orioles, uh, in a way, are like they have too many options, which is you know bizarre to say. The Orioles have become the Yankees, <laughs> and the Yankees <laughs> have become the Orioles. And they've uh, and they made that transition with uh, Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Hicks is the baton. He, he was the linchpin. He's the man. He's he's the baton for when a team wants to become great. <laughs> like here, here you need Aaron Hicks if you're going to be great. His deal um, with the devil carries over the team, Gray. Like it goes with him. <laughs> Right, exactly. So the Orioles have like they have a lot of options, but I do think like they can, they can sort of like uh, I mean this is you know in 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 my head at least they can move on from Adam Frazier. I don't know if they're going to, but they can. Right. Jorge Mateo has been pretty awful, and Ramon Urias is you know kind of like he's he's nothing. <laughs> I mean you know he's like he's barely a AL only uh, play. Uh, so. They have room for Westberg, but I'm just, you know, like when I saw Gunnar Henderson get platooned out versus a lefty, I'm now, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about what Westberg's playing time is going to be. But if, you know, as long as they don't do anything stupid, I would assume Westberg plays every day. And if he plays every day at second or third uh, or even, you know, he can even play, um, you know, if he plays second or third, I mean, great. <laughs> and that's fine. If he plays second, uh, you know, only that's fine too, whatever. It doesn't matter to me uh, as long as he plays. So I think if he does play, you know, Camden's not the best place for a hitter uh, for a righty. That is um, hopefully he's able to still hit for some power in Camden, I I like him. I think he's probably an ad in all leagues until we see different with the playing time. Assuming he plays every day, I think he's like ten as shallow as a ten team ad. If you need a second baseman or you know whatever position he has eligibility for, third I think uh, in most leagues um, as of right now, at least. Yeah, I would agree with kind of the position that you said in regards to where he needs to be added. And I think in regards to the playing time, as weird as it is, it like he's a righty and the replacements are righties. So I think that actually helps him, whereas Gunnar Henderson's 
replacements are all righties. So he, you know, that may be why he occasionally loses some playing time. But yeah, I mean, he hits 350. He's hitting 350 in June, and the Orioles are like, yeah, you need to sit down versus this terrible lefty we're playing for no reason at all. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you. I would like to see him get more of that more of that time to you know actually play uh, against lefties and just develop because again he's going to be part of that that team for the future or at least as long as his you know rookie contract lasts and that's about as long as the Orioles will pay him for. So I mean you just stick him at a position whether that's going to be second base, third base. Shortstop, I, I don't think it's going to be shortstop. I think that's eventually Jackson Holiday's spot. But, like, stick Walker or, or stick Gunner at third, stick, stick, uh, sorry, uh, Westberg at, at second, and just let, let's start building for the future here. Let's let's plan it out and, and get it ready. But we'll see what happens here. I, I do think he, I, I think he's an ad, though. Um, Colton Kowser, if you're you're looking for prospects and, and you're in that type of league, I think he should be up as well in, in that same you know sentence as you said. And Connor Norby is also performing very well at AAA. It seems like they're both ready to come up and, and produce for the major league team, but that would involve the Orioles cutting some of their you know favorite low cost veterans in the Mateos and Ariases. Um, so we'll we'll see if that happens. And of course, Aaron Hicks, which is obviously the whole reason that they're they're performing well right now you you yeah i mean aaron hicks is like the reverse kryptonite (laughs) (laughs) he's where you get power he's the he is he is where teams generate power from he he's a he's a generator like an electric generator of power (laughs) he's a very tall leprechaun Harry, he's he is the he is the tallest leprechaun in the world. <laughs> oh, Aaron Hicks, that's where the pot of gold is. Yeah. Meanwhile, Joe Dell's on like sixty home runs, like screaming, just just yelling. <laughs> Joe and Joe and Dell goes home every night. He hits he hits five homers in every AAA game. Then he goes back to his uh, Motel Six and screams into the pillow. <laughs> They're just like, but you struck out in your other at bat. Oh, <laughs> he's like Joe Adele is like, um, I'm going, I'm hitting 50 homers in Triple uh, A. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Angels front office, uh, I, I'm on pace for 50 homers, and they're like, huh, interesting. I didn't realize Daniel Murphy's available. <laughs> like, like what? Wait, no, no, I'm saying. No, I'm saying I I was hitting 50 homers. Oh, interesting. Wow. Mike Moustakis is available? We got to get in on that. What? No, 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 no. I'm saying me. I'm available. Oh, wow. Eduardo Escobar. That sounds great. Uh, okay, Angels. Oh, man. Oh, it's just, it's, it's so painful. It's so painful. Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's... We'll, I'm just going to move on, Gray. It's just going to make yeah, me upset here. Yeah, that's for the best. Uh, Gavin Williams was called up by the Guardians. He made his first start versus the A's, went five and two-thirds innings, four earned, three walks, four Ks. Actually could have been worse. He kind of got off to a bad third inning, and I thought it was going to like spiral into just him being pulled. And, and, but he cleaned it up. He got through the next two innings pretty like completely clean. And then, then got pulled, you know, as the two thirds. So almost got there. He's fastball, slider, curveball, changeup, 
This year in AAA, he had a 293-109 whip, 33% K rate, 11.5% walk rate, and it seems as though as he has at least one more start in the rotation as Cal Quantrill is rehabbing, and then we'll see what happens from there. But Gavin Williams, I mean, he's one of, if not their top pitching prospect. It's going to be it's going to be a tough call. Where are you at on on the Gavin Williams, and and where are you at in him, Gray? Uh, yeah, I you know I think with uh, with most rookies. Uh, you know, well, I guess I shouldn't say that, but at least with Gavin Williams, I do think that assuming he's not absolutely awful, even Quantrell comes back, I think they either go to six man, which is less likely, uh, I think, than you know, Tanner Beebe, I think, is probably bumping up against like an innings limit at some point. So, he, Tanner Beebe, I could see getting. Put to uh, put in the bullpen maybe or something like to limit his innings because he's been up for a while. Um, and Gavin Williams, you know, Gavin Williams also can't throw a ton of innings this year. But you know, now now that they call them up, I don't see him getting sent down necessarily immediately. Uh, but you know, I, I've been wrong before about uh, you know guys getting sent up, uh, sent down, and and being called up anyway. I, I like Gavin Williams. I had actually in uh, our RCL league, I added Gavin Williams and dropped uh, ass. Um, <laughs> I, I twerked. <laughs> I dropped uh, AJ Smith Schauber uh, for Gavin Williams uh, before ass was sent down. Uh, but now that he's sent down, it's irrelevant anyway. But I but anyway that you know does just uh pointing out that I liked Gavin Williams better than Shaver uh Smith Shaver. So I I like Gavin Williams a lot. I think uh you know like you mentioned his first start was a little bit um wonky with uh you know third inning I guess. Uh you know it's like rookie hiccups. We'll see. I am much more excited in general about rookie hitters than I am about rookie pitchers just like you know cuz rookie pitchers can really hurt you. <laughs> They can they can do damage, um, you know. We see the the good the good in rookie pitchers. We see with what's going on with the uh, the Marlins, Yuri uh, Perez. Um, so you know that's that's what the good that can come of it. And then you see the bad with like Grayson Rodriguez and Gavin Stone. So Gavin Williams is is good. I think he can be great. I think he could be an ace. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be this year. It might be a little bit, you know, he might be a streamer in most leagues. Like I said, I, I have him in my uh, in my RCL league, which is a 12-team mixed league. If he doesn't look good in his next start, though, I'm going to drop him. So, you know, I have him for now. We'll see how he does. Uh, I have no issues with picking him up and seeing what he does. I also have no issues if you need the space if and you have to drop him. I could see that, too. Like, it depends on how big your league is. In, like, a 15-team mixed league, he was a pretty hot ad, I think, on my uh, uh, on waivers this week. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but he or maybe was it this week? I, I believe it was this week. Yeah, he was a hot ad. Let me see. So I so he went for a hundred and forty dollars uh, out of a thousand in one of my leagues. So you know, figure fourteen dollars out of a hundred, and then in another league, he went for two hundred and fourteen dollars. Out of a thousand, so almost a fifth of a budget for someone he went for. Uh, I think I bid. 
I want to say I bid like in the uh, the forty to fifty dollar range, but that more that has more to do with me just not having that much money. So yeah. it's you know it, it is what it is. I I like him though. Like he could be great. He could go out and have like you know a, a series of like a month to two months worth of great starts. He can also look lousy and be droppable in shallow leagues. So, you know, we'll see. I think in big picture, like in dynasty leagues, I think he's going to be great. I would absolutely hold him in like, you know, deeper dynasty leagues for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he has he's already owned in in all dynasty leagues. If it's a, you know, call up first part like type of thing, then absolutely add him. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's worth looking at. As you mentioned, there's definitely some risk with any rookie starting pitcher. So just just be aware of that and you know take it matchup by matchup as we go. Is this the, is this the most ridiculous drink you've ever seen? Like what for people <laughs> for people watching us on YouTube? Like I was. I was at the supermarket and I was like, "Do you have any like uh, iced tea?" And they're like, "Over there, the uh, the cans of Liquid Death." And I'm like, "This is not a sponsor, obviously." <laughs> um, I wish it was though. If you want to sponsor us, we're available. Um, no, but I was like, uh, "You mean the cans that look like a motorcycle gang's beer?" <laughs> What? <laughs> what is this, dude? I thought I, you were honestly, spiraling and drinking OE. I mean, I know, right? <laughs> I was honestly, I was in the supermarket, like a, a giant nerd looking at the ingredients on a can. <laughs> like, what am I? Like, I was like, what is this sorbitol? That's not that's not a liquor, is it? <laughs> anyway, that's a that's a side note. That, that's the that's the side story of the of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Gray is, is drinking an OE looking tea. <laughs> I'm drinking old English iced tea. <laughs> Sponsored by LL Cool J. Yeah, that would be that uh, that sounds weird, Gray, but we'll we'll move on. Let's let's get to Nick Gonzalez. He was called up to by the Pirates, started at second base both games. He's hit seventh and eighth in AAA this year, over fifty seven games. He has six home runs, a stolen base. 38-27, he's hitting 257, 370, 450 with a 28% K rate and a 13.5% walk rate. Nick Gonzalez was like a uber prospect for like one season, and then he's, he's kind of just been prospect without as much production, but he also hasn't been playing as much. I think there were some injuries mixed in there. All that being said, where are you at on Nick Gonzalez? Is he on the Jordan Westbrook, or is he in a, like, 15-team range? Uh, I think he's probably in an NL only, to be honest. I don't even think he's mixed league. Uh, like, his his stats, at least, like, I know, um, I believe Itch is a little bit more excited about Nick Gonzalez, but I don't want to put words in Itch's mouth. He might actually be, um, he might... He might think he's only an NL only play as well. I you look at like Nick Gonzalez's stats from the minor leagues, and it's like mm, okay, <laughs> I don't, it's not it's not that interesting. Like he and the bidding was pretty flat on him in my leagues at least, in like um, my NL only league, twelve team NL only. I believe he went for like seventy uh, out of a thousand, which is that's pretty flat. 
for a uh, a call up. Um, even though it looks like he should have at least until O'Neill Cruz returns, he should have everyday playing time. Um, and as I say that, I uh, I had visions of O'Neill Cruz returning. And don't break down, uh, please don't break down. Oh my god, please, please return. <laughs> oh my god, uh, I can't believe I have him in so many leagues. Uh, anyway, uh, that was a uh, sidebar. Anyway, so Nick Gonzalez has like a little bit of power. Uh, he's in a uh, well, he's got good power, I guess. Yeah, he has decent power, uh, but he's in a you know a ballpark that isn't necessarily terrific. Uh, PNC is not the best. Uh, Unless you're O'Neill Cruz. Oh, my God. Return, please. Uh, yeah, no, Nick <laughs> Gonzalez looks like, you know, he could struggle for contact with his initial call-up in the major leagues. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, hits like 220 uh, with a handful of with, – with some power. He has – supposedly supposedly he has speed, but he only – he didn't really steal in AAA. I, I mean, that may not mean anything, you know. Uh, he, he just may not have uh, wanted to run necessarily. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because a lot of times guys have speed, and if they just don't run, then it doesn't matter if they have speed. Uh, it's a little weird, though. Like in AAA, he had one steal, and he was caught stealing three times. <laughs> like triple triple A getting caught stealing three times out of four at four attempts isn't necessarily the best side. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's not great. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty like I, I'm not really that enthusiastic about him <laughs> to be honest. If it's not if it's not totally clear, uh, you know, he seems fine for NL only. Maybe you get lucky, and he hits a you know he hits a handful of homers, but. Nah, I, I, you know, like in an NL only league, you know, just the Pirates alone, I am more interested in Henry Davis. I'm more interested in, I'm more interested in a lot of guys on their team, to be honest. Like, I'm even, I'm more interested in Bay. I'm more interested in Carlos Santana. I'm more interested in Slowinski. I'm interested, like, and that's just looking at the Pirates lineup. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He seems okay. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, the production just hasn't been there for kind of what the the prospect pedigree has been for him. Uh, his first year in in high A, he hit eighteen home runs and had seven stolen bases. He hit three hundred and just assumed that was going to roll forward. And it just it just hasn't quite shown up in the numbers as he's gone up. But he's also gone up very quickly. Like last year, he went from you know A ball up to double A. There's AAA, so now he's moving up. But he's also 24, so you would expect a top prospect to move fairly quickly um, as a you know a college pick as well. So moving on, we have David Hamilton, who was called up by the Boston Red Sox. 52 games this year. He has 11 home runs, 27 stolen bases, 39, 25. He's hitting 255, 339, 486. He's got a 21.5% K rate, an 11% walk rate. Last year at Double A, he had seventy stolen bases in the season. <laughs> Sorry, it's an absurd number, Greg. That's uh, that's a, an appropriate response. I mean, go ahead, like David Hamilton. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get some seventy steal guys this year in the majors too. Uh, yeah, David Hamilton looks like Sagnoff to me. Uh, I like you did mention that he had eleven homers in Triple A. So I, I guess there could be a little bit of power there, maybe. 
in like you know uh, a handful of homers possibly he doesn't look to me like just watching him because i you know any guy who's stealing 70 bags i'm like oh i gotta i gotta watch the red Sox. i gotta watch i gotta watch how fast this guy is because that's you know i don't know i get excited about stuff like that (laughs) so i watched him and he doesn't look like he's gonna have much power i don't know i mean maybe i'm wrong uh you know maybe it was just the uh you know you never know with um the uh, the pesky pole in Fenway, you know, maybe it's a it's a short it's short down the uh, line in Fenway. So maybe he can get into a few. Maybe he can get into like five to seven homers potentially over the course of like a full season. Uh, yeah, he's another one, though, like for steals wise, though, because steals play. Like, absolutely. Uh, like, I'm, you know, I'm I, I'm grabbing steals just about everywhere because, you know, steals, even though steals are up this year, you still want, you want to be able to, you know, grab steals if they come up in a way like David Hamilton steals could potentially be there. Like, he could steal, like, seven bags in a week. Like, he, he looks like a difference maker with speed. So I'm actually pretty excited about David Hamilton. I grabbed him in a few leagues. I think I even grabbed him in our RCL league, which is a 12-team mixed league. So I, I'm i definitely interested in, like, every league because steals are steals. Sagnoff, you know? So I'm, I'm into it. I do worry that his playing time may not necessarily be there and – he looks like he could potentially have issues with contact. So I'm a little bit concerned. I'm not like a hundred percent, like, you know, I don't think he's going to be like a, uh, you know, five steel, uh, excuse me, five Homer 50 steel guy in half a season. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know if we're quite there where we're going to see him like, you know, play every day and steal 40 plus bags in only half a year. I mean, I think he's, capable of that i don't know if we're going to see that though so i'm interested though i like him because of the speed i just feel like he could potentially be you know uh, a guy i drop within like you know you know less than a week because he's just not playing and also not and when he plays he's not hitting so we'll see yeah and again that's a shallow 12 team league we have three man benches so there's a lot of churning it's a daily league pretty much picking up and and dropping some guys on a daily basis for the most part in that league. So just to give you a reference on where where's Gray has added him. And I think for deeper leagues, for deeper 12 teams and 15 teams, you know, this might be a guy, I know we complained about it with Gunnar Henderson earlier, this might be a guy where him sitting versus lefties really isn't a bad thing. And, you know, it might might help you a little bit to, to be able to move him in and out versus you know, the the lefties as he's sitting, but it's not great as as just for overall at bats and plate appearances, which, you know I do think for if you're grabbing him for speed though, there's a potential for, you know, him getting in as a pinch runner pretty much every game that he doesn't start. So you could still get those stolen bases even if you have to play him in a you know, in a weekly league where you might have to sit in, where he sits once or twice that week. Yeah. So we mentioned Ellie De La Cruz before, just kind of as a, you know, person we're, we're drooling over at this point, Gray. 
We have to. Uh, we actually have to mention him every podcast. Yeah, uh, he's he <laughs> actually is sponsored. I yeah. was actually I was contacted by MLB. It's a requirement now. Sorry. So uh, so here we are in our Ellie De La Cruz segment, Gray. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna go. Oh my god, he's so good, man! I watched see you because I was unlike you. I wasn't on vacation. I was home watching baseball, and I watched the game uh, Friday when he uh, when he had the cycle. And it was like it was a really fun game. Like you know that the funness of the game aside, Ellie De La Cruz is so good, man. Like he's so good, it's ridiculous. Like he reminds me of like like he has the speed to beat out grounders to the first baseman. <laughs> like it's just like it's an, it's unreal. Like he. He is like one of the most fun players. Like I was looking at his um like his strikeouts are at 30% as of the taping of this and his Babbitt is at 435. Now usually I'd be like, well, you can't maintain that. And I mean, he even can't maintain a 435 Babbitt, but his Babbitt's going to be really high and I think like he can even with a 30% K rate I think he could still maintain like a 260 average because like you see him ground out like like a basic ground out to the second baseman and he beats the throw to first like he is so fast down the line and has so much power he's truly unreal <laughs> I love him oh my god he's so good man he is really good I'm going to make stupid decisions next draft season when I'm drafting him, <laughs> like way, <laughs> way too early. I'm going to be like, it's, you know what? It's like, you want to draft a team you're excited about. So what? So I don't care. I don't care if I'm going to be drafting him too early. I love him. He's so good. Oh my God. Yeah. There may not be a too early for him next year, Gray. Cause he may be going, he may be going first round if he continues to do what he's been doing already. So we will see what happens with, uh, with Ellie De La Cruz, but I wanted 15, to give 15 games and he already has a cycle and it was <laughs> almost, abs- like, it is absurd. I, it's absurd because it was almost like, like I know it's like, you can't abs- you can't uh, guarantee like triples are so difficult to come by, but he was sitting on a, uh, he was a, a, a triple short of a cycle and he hit the ball in the gap and it was like, you knew he was getting a triple. Like it, it wasn't even like a question. It was like, yeah, he's definitely getting to third because he runs so fast. Like he really, I mean, he gallops, dude. I don't know if you've watched him, but he really is fast. Like yeah, it's like he's, it's unreal. He's moving. Like, like I don't think like people know the power. I think the power is known. I don't know if it was that obvious of how fast he is like he is truly like he he is like he gallops and you're like wow like it it's actually i don't think it's that dissimilar from otani where otani like you don't realize how fast otani is like you want like you know the powers there and you and you know and you know all the other skills are there but when you watch otani run you're like wow he's really fast without like, it doesn't even look like he's trying to be fast. Yeah, I mean, it took Ellie less than, I believe, five games to put up the fastest sprint speed so far on on uh, the Major League season. Like, that's absolutely absurd. 
yeah. that, that you do it that is. that fast. Like everybody, I understand other people are you know having the time to to get those long runs in and kind of hit their stride at right moments. Like he's he's already done it. He's already he's he's already been faster than everybody else. Gray point four feet per second faster than everybody else. Like there's not there's not a guy that's right behind him. Like everybody else has a guy who's point one right behind him. There's not a guy that's point one behind Elliot Cruz. It's it's point four. That's that's, that's absurd. Crazy. That is absurd. <laughs> At that speed, like that's that's ridiculous. I know. Uh, so what? So okay, is that okay. the end of our LA Daily? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not done yet because I needed to give the I wanted to give the people some value because maybe they have him. Maybe they're looking at, at trading him for whatever crazy reason they're looking at trading him. Gray. Okay, what are you? What are you willing to accept? I'm going to go through kind of the positions here, and you tell me yes or no. Like, well, we start low at their base. Uh, Babe Ruth magically appears <laughs> in the major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Babe Ruth has had a baby with Ty Cobb. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So, okay, Ellie De La Cruz. I would probably, I'd probably take a top twenty bat, like a top three arm. Um, so, like Spencer Strider, I think is like the best pitcher in baseball. So, like he's, so he's the guy who I'd probably take. Garrett Cole is, you know, very reliable. I would take like, um, you know, bat bat wise, you know, Trey Trey Turner's been struggling, but I think I'd probably take Trey Turner because it's just like you would expect the uh, the talent to be there. Um, you know, that's that's sort of apples for apples, which is you know, shortstop for shortstop isn't really necessarily something. You would normally do. Um, who else? Like I'm thinking of guys who are, you know, there's guys that I'm like, I probably wouldn't take too struggling of a bat. Like I don't know. Like it, it depends. Like on needs. Like trades are tough because it depends on needs for teams and stuff. Like if you were to say to me like, oh, I'll give you like, uh, oh, how about like Louis R- Robert? Uh, Louis Robert, <laughs> Louis Robert, um, he's he's doing really well this year, uh, but he has a history of injuries. But I would probably I would take him over Ellie De La Cruz uh, because there's just a, a little bit of a longer track record. Um, Marcus Simeon, uh, I'm right now I'm just looking at the player radar for like top twenty bats. Like Marcus Simeon, I would take Simeon over Ellie De La Cruz, uh, even though I love Ellie De La Cruz, as I've mentioned many times. Uh, <laughs> Julio Rodriguez, who is struggling a little bit, but I would take Julio Rodriguez over Ellie De La Cruz. And then, like, you have other guys. Like a harder call would be like a Josh uh, Josh Low uh, Low, yeah, Josh Low. Um, like I think I'd probably take Ellie De La Cruz over Josh Lowe because uh, he's starting to come down, and he's also he's being platooned uh, in Tampa. Um, like a uh, let's would you see. swap him well, for Jazz? Just return off the I IL. Take, I would take I would take Jazz. Yeah, yeah, even though I don't love that he's playing the outfield, I would take Jazz. Uh, you know, but on the other hand, there's guys though. I mean, I could see like like Jorge Solar looks like he's. Do like he's doing well and he's doing what I think he's capable of doing, 
But I would take Ellie De La Cruz over Jorge Solar. Oh yeah, I, I mean yeah. I think that's a different category of player that we're we're well, we're on okay, with okay, where okay, we were so at. I'll give, I'll give you one: uh, Ellie De La Cruz or Josh Jung. Uh, I think I'll take Jung. I mean the power's legit. If you need speed, then then I'd go Ellie. But I think it's it's Jung. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a needs thing. Yeah, the, yeah. So I mean I like Ellie De La Cruz, but there's there's a price. I mean if you if you really need. You know, if you need other things or also I think right now is like his values probably peaking at some point we might see because like I mentioned, Ellie De La Cruz ha- does strike out a bit. So we might see a little bit of a slump. I don't think we're going to like I said, you know, earlier, I don't think we're going to see an insane slump because his speed is so good. But we might see his average come down a little bit. I think he's probably more like a 260 hitter. And right now he's hitting like 315. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as as great as he is, you know, four thirty five for a full season. Although, I mean, it's not a full season technically because he, but for the rest of the season, that would be pretty pretty absurd, even for somebody with his skill set to maintain that over the length of a season. Is this, is this the most ridiculous can you've ever seen? Or what? <laughs> I mean, it really is ridiculous. I mean, just the regular water can, which is at like every <laughs> single festival is pretty ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Like, it's what like, are they doing? I told Coogs about, like, I got these uh, iced teas in this ridiculous can and she's like, oh, our, uh, you know, she mentioned a friend and she's like, oh, our friend is, uh, it works in the marketing department of Liquid Death. And I'm like, well, she's doing a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> I think the marketing is probably know, the best part of it. The marketing is pretty good because I'm talking about it for no reason. <laughs> yeah, okay, I think anyway, it's the best part okay, of it. Uh, okay, no, I have to say something now because you've brought it up twice. Uh, the okay. water. I don't like the, the water version. I hate it. Like I think it tastes terrible. <laughs> it tastes like they just opened a tap and like poured it in a can. And, like here, it's healthy for you because it's in a can. We, this is how we. This is how we, we entice. <laughs> sponsors it tastes terrible hey if they want to sponsor i will i will read you know i will i will gladly drink it and, and speak highly of them but they're not sponsoring us yet great no <laughs> all right so i think we've given people a, a general idea of where you're at uh you may be higher than anybody else in in the entire uh world but that you know I, I think that's that's appropriate and i think we kind of it is by what you need and how much you kind of want the upside versus the the safety. I mean, if you're sitting in first and you just kind of want to let Ellie do his thing, I have no problem with that at all. And you'll just there's going to be a time where he's going to hit like 200, and it, it is what it is. It's fine. Yeah. Speaking of people who are just going to do terrible things and and maybe not. To help us out at all let's talk about some underperformers here gray we're almost at the halfway point so let's talk about if we think they're going to come around if if they're worth holding on to what kind of league they're worth holding on in but let's start kind of i mean let's start kind of at the top he came back a lot faster than we thought he came back and and absolutely crushed immediately but that really hasn't translated and i'm talking about bryce harper he is hitting 286. He has five stolen bases. That's helping kind of keep his his value up as, in regards to the play rater. But only three home runs. That's kind of the part we were hoping he he would drop for us or provide for us, regardless of the situation. Gray, where are you at on Bryce Harper? 
I was just looking at uh, his rest of the season projections, and right now, if the projections are correct, Bryce Harper is going to end the year with 14 homers and 10 steals. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> That's bad, man. That's ooh, 14 homers and 10 steals. What? No what homers in June. He has zero home runs this month, Gray. Yeah, I know. Is like that's all. I mean, oh, what a mess! <laughs> what a mess, man! Fourteen ten. Ugh. Who are you, Andy Abanez? Out of here, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so I don't. You know, honestly, I would say with Bryce Harper. I, I mean, at any point, I think he can come around because I think what's really holding him back is the health. Uh, like I don't think we know necessarily. How I, he feels like a guy who we're going to get to, um, you know, the the off season this year, and it's and he's going to be like, oh yeah, I came back too soon. It's like, man, no kidding, bro, <laughs> ah, no kidding, man, really? Wow, that's a shock. Uh, yeah, he looks like he's still injured. I think. I mean, you know, like it's it's impossible to know for sure. But I I don't know. He just doesn't look right. Like he's always been. You know, as you know, anyone knows. Like, it's not, it's not that revealing because everyone knows Bryce Harper. But like, he's always been a guy who's at least hit for power. Uh, you know, he's occasionally struggled for average. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't look right. Like, you know, you mentioned June has just been abysmal uh, as far as power goes. So yeah, I, I, I don't. It's hard for me to say he's going to turn it around because it's just a matter of whether or not he's injured or like nursing the uh, the arm still. Like if he comes if he comes out of the All Star break hitting, it wouldn't shock me. But it also like if I had to guess, I would say like he's going to need the off season to get fully healthy. Like you don't usually like suddenly get healthy in the middle of a baseball season. Like it's, you know, the grind of playing, you know, day in and day out. It's not really the best place for him to get healthy. So I'm guessing he's not going to be a hundred percent all year, but you know, hopefully I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I would have a really hard time cutting him in almost any league. I just couldn't, I just don't know if I could bring, bring myself to do that because if it does, you know, if he gets healthy and it clicks, then he's he's right back, but right now it's it's tough to to really have him in your lineup and count on him to do much much for you. Um, moving on, Say Suzuki, he's also not doing much for you right now. Uh, he's he's hitting two fifty seven, three forty, four hundred three with six home runs, a stolen base, and five caught stealings for one stolen base. Gray. That's uh, that's not the numbers that you want to hear from the stolen base perspective. I mean, power's kind of online. I was I was really hoping the average would would take a little bit of a, a kick up this year. Who's he? Who's he? Nick Gonzalez. <laughs> Five caught stealings and one steal. Really? Wow! I didn't realize that. Um, wow, that's bad. You know, I. I gotta say, <laughs> I really liked Seiya Suzuki coming into the major leagues, but I almost feel like maybe we overrated the talent a little bit. I don't know. Like I, I still, like I still want to believe, but he's not giving us any reason to <laughs> truly believe at this point. Like maybe 
the injury was like the injury that he started the year with, like maybe that's still lingering. I don't know. All I know is like you look at his numbers and you're like, he should be better. Like you look at his like his peripherals look good. Like the line drives don't look bad. Like the the fly balls are a little bit low. Uh, but his, uh, but his launch angle is kind of okay. Like his launch angle is not bad. His hard hit percentage is like, okay. Like he, he looks like he should be better. So maybe if the weather heats up in, uh, you know, in, in Chicago, like the ball starts flying out like July and August and in, in Wrigley. So yeah, maybe that'll help him. Maybe he'll show a little bit more power and, stop getting caught stealing <laughs> but right now right now he looks kind of like pretty mediocre like he looks like essentially like a, a 15 homer you know three to five steal 255 ish hitter which is you know it's not great like that's that's not really uh rosterable in um 12 team mixed leagues in shallower you know and in 15 teams you don't you don't really want that <laughs> but you you have to hold on to him in a 15 team. Yeah, I mean, he had he started the season on the IL as you mentioned, kind of started slow. His May was great. He hit 319, he had five home runs. He got his stolen base and he didn't get caught in May, but like the time he returned and and all through June, like June he's hitting 184, zero home runs, zero stolen bases. Like, he has not done anything for you this whole month so far. But, like, again, May was May was really strong. If he hits five home runs and hits 320, that's, you know, take that all day. But it's, it's really tough to see. You know, I watch more Cubs games than anything. And he just, he looks completely lost right now. Like, he, he just does it. He, he's just guessing. I don't even think he's he's reading, like, the pitches as they're coming. He's just hoping that he like what he's guessing is, is right it's it's not great moving on uh justin verlander there's always a you know the will time went out or is there another year in there well gray is is time winning out is there another year in there so far this year four one one era one two three whip the k's are down to twenty and a half percent Walks are up to 6.3%, which isn't awful, but it's the worst mark you know, he's had in five, six years. So for him, it's it's definitely out of character. Are we seeing the end of Verlander, or what are, are you potentially buying in and, and hoping to just get him at a discount? Velocity, like, I don't like anything I'm seeing here. I'm just, I'll just say that. Yeah, I mean, I watch, you know, it's only one game. <laughs> For uh, for you know, it's a small sample size, but I watched Verlander uh, last night uh, Monday. He looked cooked, as the kids say. <laughs> he did not look. He did not look right. Like he looked really bad in a way that I hadn't seen in a long time from him. Like I, I wonder if I wonder if he's a hundred percent healthy because he did not look right. Like his velocity looks fine. Like if you look at his fastball, uh, his fastball velocity is down from last year, but it's, it's within the same range as it was like in 2019 when he was still striking people out and putting together like Cy Young years. So I don't know, maybe it's mechanics. Maybe he's just like, 
you know, I, I don't know. I, and I, I trust him to figure it out. So I want to say he could be a buy low. But on the other hand, he looks really cooked. Like, he looked awful. On Monday, like, the game against the Brewers, I, like, I you know, I watched, like, I think four innings of him. And he just didn't, like, I, I saw one pitch he threw, and it looked, I was thinking to myself, like, I could face him. <laughs> like, I could, I could get into the box <laughs> against Verlander right now. Like, he did not look right. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, you know, I, I, I can't diagnose like pitcher uh, issues. Like maybe it's mechanical. Maybe it's, maybe it's something else. I, all I know is right now he looks awful. Like the worst I've seen in maybe six, seven years. So hopefully, you know, he's come out of it before. Like he didn't come out of it necessarily during the season, like when he was really cooked with the Tigers at, at like, you know, 2013, mm-hmm. it looked like he was over. It looked like his career was winding down. And then he came out of it with, uh, you know, even with the Tigers in the, like the following year, like even before he got traded to the Astros. Well, not traded. Um, yeah, traded. Was he traded? Yeah, he was traded. Yeah, uh, yeah anyway. He's come out of it before, so I want to say he's capable of coming out of, before, uh, out of it again, but he's also 40 years old at this point, and, yeah, he just doesn't look right. I don't know. I, honestly, I think if I were if, – if anything, I think I'd probably be selling. Yeah, I might be I, – well, I mean, I would be. If, if anybody wanted him, I would, I would be looking at moving him. But just to give you a frame of reference here, he is 400 – in 40th on the player rater right now, Gray. I'm going to cut that about a third of the way up. Would you take him or Chris Bassett rest of season? Man, that's tough. I think I'd probably take Bassett. I feel like Bassett is the safe play there, especially if you're not chasing strikeouts. But again, Verlander's not striking out any anybody right now. I, again, I think you're right that it could happen. He could figure it out, but Right now, I, I'm not seeing it. And Bassett feels he feels a lot safer there than than Verlander does. Uh, it could just be could just be the Mets curse just haunting haunting him and and ruining his career there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it could be. <laughs> you know who doesn't have the Mets to blame? Gray, Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara, the oh guy we my said, God, we man. guy we told no, everybody not to draft as like the number two pitcher. I know. I will. I will say too. I told people to draft him last year with during his Cy Young year. So it wasn't like I was always anti Alcantara. Alcantara. I wasn't always <laughs> anti Alcantara. Um, anti Cantara. I don't know. I'll figure <laughs> out the Portman too later. But yeah, I mean, I was I was in on him last year when he was good. And I was so out on him this year. I mean, it was so like he felt kind of like a chalk fade in a lot of ways. Like if you weren't out on Alcantara, then I, I don't have much sympathy for you because he was so obviously overrated coming into this year. Uh, I I didn't really think it was like that strong of a call by us saying to avoid them. Like, I felt like it was pretty obvious. Like, I, I don't even, I'm not even taking credit for it. I felt like a real obvious, like, call to say, like, avoid him. Uh, but, yeah, he looks bad. Like, he looks, 
you know, uh, he and he's, everything looks fine, like as far as like velocity wise and everything. But his his numbers are just awful. And even like even when he was great last year, he was still only it. You know, he wasn't like a big strikeout guy. So it's like, where does he go back to? Like this year, I feel like this year is not gonna. Like he's not going to be able to correct. Like I guess what I'm saying is he's not going to be able to correct things in a way that is going to make him super attractive uh, going forward. Like he could be better. Like I could see him potentially like being like a you know a three five to a three seven ERA guy with like eight ish K per nine, and that's fine. That's good. But he's. Uh, like he's obviously not commanding his pitches well. His walks are way up, and you know, with walks being up, obvious. Like my takeaway from that is he's probably being wild in the zone, and his stuff isn't good enough. Where if he's wild in the zone, people are gonna hit. You know, people are gonna hit him. Um, wild in the zone sounds like a an e channel show too is that wild on <laughs> wild on <laughs> wild on sandy alcantara in the zone uh anyway yeah i i would probably i'd be like a small buy just because i feel like his price is so low but also i don't think i like i i wouldn't be buying him expecting like a ace number like like he's not he's he was never what he was last year like even last year he wasn't that like it just that's not who he is he's he's a solid like at best he's like logan webb like that's who i would expect him at best which is fine i mean logan webb's a decent solid pitcher but he's not a cy young insane pitcher like sandy alcantara was last year yeah, I mean, it, it was. I don't want to compare him to this guy really because it, it paints a bad kind of future picture. But like, Dallas Keuchel had a magical season. We kind of knew that magical season wasn't going to happen again, even if he was a good pitcher moving forward. Like that's what last season felt like for Santi Alcantara. Like that's 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 where I'm I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, Chris Bassett. Yeah, I remember oh, too. I remember too with like Sandy Alcantara. I was at the uh, I was at the home run derby with Craig Mesh, the uh, Marlins beat writer, and we were uh, we were sitting there talking about how like Kershaw was going to start the All Star game, and I remember Mesh was pretty upset about it because he felt like it was going to be Alcantara's one chance to start the All Star game, <laughs> and you know it, it really might have been like that's yeah. like you you only get like one of like Sandy Alcantara's. 2022 season was a dream season and you don't get dream seasons often like that's like you know that's that's it it could be a once in a career thing what he did yeah i mean he had a 176 at the all-star break last year gray that's that's absurd like how many times in anybody's career i mean other than clayton kershaw do you come into the all-star break and it's sub two era that's it's absolutely ridiculous so yeah uh that's that's been unfortunate. A guy that we we weren't really down on in regards to his position as as SP one, but just kind of where he might be drafted overall. Well, thankfully we didn't draft him great because Corbin Burns has not <laughs> lived up to the billing. The K rates down, the velocity's down, the ERA walks, whip 
you know, it's, everything else is up. Um, are, are are he and Sal- Sandy Alcantara both streamers now? Uh, yeah, I mean, Sandy Alcantara in some leagues probably is a streamer. Uh, I don't think Burns is quite there yet because Burns at least has so, a little bit more on the strikeouts. Uh, but Burns looks terrible, too. <laughs> he looks really bad. Man, it's such a weird season. Uh, yeah, I think Corbin Burns, like, if I were... If I were re-ranking right now, I think I'd probably put Burns around like where uh, Robbie Ray was uh, in the preseason. Like I would, I don't think he's a number. I don't think he's like necessarily an, uh, like a a number one. Um, I think uh, I think I had Robbie Ray around like Tyler Glass now in the preseason, and I, that feels about right for like Corbin Burns right now. Because uh, I, I think, like, like you said, the velocity is down, which it it is. It's still hovering around ninety six miles per hour on a fastball. So I, I think he's got enough velocity. It is down, but I think it could still play. But yeah, his command is really wonky. Like I could see him figuring things out a little bit, but he does. He also looks off. Like he does not look good. And the problem with like. You know, like what I was mentioning with Bryce Harper, in a, in a way, it's similar, like with pitchers too. It's hard for them to get right in the season because, like, they have to go out every fifth day, and there's not really time to fix yourself. So it's like him going out every fifth day. He could be fine for 200 innings, but he may not ever get right. Like, it, it may not happen during this season, at least. Um, yeah, I I would probably, again, I'd probably, it's a weak, it's a weak buy. Like, it's not really, like, I'm not a strong buy on him. I, if he were, if it were, you know, a, a decent deal, I could see maybe taking a chance on him if you have to gamble. But I don't think we're going we're gonna to see what we thought we're going to get when we were coming into the season. Like, that, I would not expect that. I would expect closer to what, you know, you get from, like, Tyler Glasnow. Uh, even though Glasnow has much more Ks. Uh, I would expect, like, you know, the occasional, like, you know, six inning, four earned runs, six to six to eight Ks, like that kind of thing from Corbin Burns, which is, you know, I mean, that's fine. That's not... It's not an ace, though. I don't think I don't think he's going to be an ace this year. No, I mean it. It really hasn't looked like it this uh, so far this month in particular. He has a four nine nine ERA. He looked you know, solid May. Thought he was kind of bouncing back and would build on that. Hasn't happened. It's it's just reverted to just. I mean, it's, like I said, I just gave you the numbers. It's been bad this month. Uh, the case have been. Up since the beginning of the season, the beginning of the season was was a very big concern. It was like fifteen percent K rate to begin the season, uh, or sorry, no, not that drastic, but it was sub twenty, which is for him is very worrisome in any given month. Um, it's up to like twenty three percent, which is like what Alcantara did last year. Not really where we were th- thinking Corbin Burns would sit this season. I mean. Chris Bassett or or Sandy Alcantara? <laughs> oh man, 
Sandy Alcantara. We already answered that one. Yeah. Uh, Corbin oh, Burns. We? Okay. Uh, I, I would mean, you got to take Corbin Burns. I would saying. say Burns. I, I wouldn't over. put him in that discussion. Um, let me think. Uh, Logan Gilbert. I would take Logan Gilbert. All Logan right. Gilbert's peripherals look better, um, from what I remember. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I'm pretty sure Logan Logan Gilbert feels like the right call there. Um, G- George Kirby, those uh, Castillo, all the all the all. <laughs> if you can only trade for Mariners, yeah, <laughs> uh, all all of those Mariner guys over Burns. Would you take yeah, uh, number eight on the player radar, Marcus Stroman? Oh man. Yeah, I would take Burns over Strowman because I, I think Strowman's uh, in, due for regression, and he's not really uh, – he's not a big strikeout guy either. So if Strowman regresses with uh, ratios, then you're you're losing a lot of value with Strowman. So I would probably take – I would take Burns over Strowman. But, yeah, I mean, it's sad that that's where we're kind of at, <laughs> Strowman or Burns. I mean, you weren't thinking that coming into the year. Uh, you know, I – I didn't really take a victory lap on telling people to not draft Burns, which I could. I could take that victory lap, but I didn't expect Burns to be terrible. I just didn't think you should be drafting a pitcher that high. So Yeah, know. but this is one of the reasons, because they, yeah, they do true. this. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. This is why I tell you not to draft pitching high, because pitchers are wonky, man. I, I don't understand how you can get, you know, into fantasy baseball and not re- like get a couple years in and not be like, wait a minute by June, they're saying Marcus Stroman or Corbin Burns. What the hell am I doing? Drafting pitching high. <laughs> Why did I draft I Corbin Burns? Fourth overall. 240 overall was Marcus Stroman. Why, why would I draft <laughs> Corbin Burns at like eight overall? Like what am I doing? Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Nathan Evaldi was pretty free. I'm just, number two on the player radar. Nathan Evaldi was yeah, pretty free. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like this every year too. But, it's know. not like it's not a shocking thing. It's like I forget who, but someone in the Rasbol writers DM was talking about how they got burned by Sandy Alcantara. I was like, I mean, dude, I have no sympathy. I mean, why would you draft Sandy Alcantara? He was going at like. 25 overall like oh no no thank you no not not me man <laughs> wouldn't happen yeah not not either of us all right speaking of uh just terribleness here gray and maybe the worst <laughs> of the terribleness i mean i feel like feel like we kind of saw this one coming to some extent but i've been expecting this for a while tim anderson yeah. zero home runs gray <laughs> zero he's hitting two 36, 275, 277. Not a I single think, one of his numbers is over three. Average OVP slugging, not a single one is over 300, Gray. Yeah, no, Tim Anderson is actually going back. He's at like 130. He's at 135, 134 games going back uh, to last year, and he's only has six homers in 134 games. I mean, so... It's not good this year, but it hasn't been good for a while. Honestly, we've been we've been expecting the Tim Anderson crash for like five years. <laughs> this is like all of the times I've said Tim Anderson is not as good as it looks in his stats. Like he's he wasn't he wasn't ever, I, and eventually it caught up to him. 
You can only wrong me so many times, baseball players. <laughs> you, <laughs> you will eventually get it. Uh, yeah, man. You know, like we're seeing, we're seeing Tim Anderson. I think uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I honestly, he's a to me, he's a drop in a lot of uh, shallower leagues. Like I would, I could see, like I was, a, I was finally. I've given up on Hunter Renfro in shallower leagues because I think uh, Mickey Moniak is uh, taking too much of his playing time, and Tim Anderson's still playing, but not well. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would probably lose Tim Anderson in like twelve-team mixed leagues in shallower. I think you got, I think you got to move on uh, at least in those shallow leagues. In a fifteen-team mixed league, I don't know. I guess you got to hold on to it. You're probably in last place, though, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've been benching him this whole time, you're yeah. probably you're probably not performing overly great. Uh, yeah. Just to give you an idea, he is 642nd right now on the player order, and that's with that is with eight stolen bases. Gray, we've talked about how much stolen bases can do to buoy you on on just a player raider type of evaluation. He is 642nd. He is behind Ty Adcock, Richard Lovelady, uh, Logan O'Hop, Willie Calhoun, Victor Caratini, uh, Kyle Higashioka. How, how do you not mention Jalen Beeks? Jalen Beeks, Ryan Weber, Joe Jimenez, like I could, I, Sam Mall. Like Sam some people Mull. are like, who are these people that you're no, naming? The, the That's best, where we're the at. Best is, the best is he's behind Logan O'Hop. Who's been out for, for like nine of nine of eleven weeks of the season? Jorge Polanco played like three games and then got the same injury. Like he's above him, like directly above him on the player radar right now. To, uh, to go to get to find Tim Anderson on the player radar, <laughs> I put in Anderson in my find, and I had to go past. Grant Anderson, Brian Anderson, <laughs> Nick Anderson. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good, man. I don't think it's going to necessarily get that much better where I would hold on to him. I mean, how much better could it be? Like, what's he going to do? He's going to hit – like, in the even in the best-case scenario, he's he's replaceable in shallower leagues. So, yeah, I would lose him. As a best-case scenario, he does everything he's uh, he's ever done. That's eight home runs. That's yeah. eight stolen bases, right? Uh, and two eighty. Yeah, two eighty. Right. So yeah. yeah, best yeah best case scenario, he's Owen Miller. So okay. I'm just I'm just saying yes, it is. Yeah. I think it's time. I, I know people love Tim Anderson. I I liked him. I, I did. I enjoyed the you know 2026 and then the 18 and 17, yeah, 335 no, seasons. Those were great. When he's doing the bat flips, he was fun. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's a bit of a mess. So. Yeah, the whole the whole White Sox organization outside of like two players is is kind of just spiraling. Um, really. Speaking of the White Sox, let's move to the bullpen. Gray, Kenyon Middleton got a save for the White Sox on Sunday. Graveman's last opportunity came. On six twenty four, that was a blown save. So, is there potential that the Graveman's lost a little bit of grip here, or was this just kind of like, all right, Graveman, take a few days off. We're going to let Middleton have this one. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's probably at worst it's a timeshare with Graveman and everyone else. Like, I don't think it's Middleton and Graveman. I think it, it's like probably Graveman, Middleton, Kelly. 
Lopez. Like it's just it's probably Graveman and everyone. So I would say I would still go with Graveman if you had to like if you were desperate for saves. Like I don't think it's a a great a great spot to be speculating in shallower leagues because even if Grave like the White Sox aren't good, Graveman is in a bit of a committee and Hendricks probably isn't back until the All-Star game, but when he comes back, he's going to be the closer. So, yeah, it's not a great situation for Graveman. Yeah, so use him, you know, you can use him while he's here. He's he's fine. He's fine while he's getting the safe opportunities, but as you mentioned, it's going to be a little bit of a split if even if he's kind of the top guy and as soon as Liam Hendricks looks good, he's getting the job back. I don't know that I believe Liam Hendricks is going to look good this season, though. Like that's a there's a lot to come back from here. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to see him on the baseball field, but him producing at the same level, I, I don't know if that happens this year. Uh, moving on over in Arizona, Scott BQ has four saves since middle of June, so over just over a couple of weeks or just around a couple of weeks, he's got four saves. It seems like he's finally the guy in Arizona. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he's got the job. I don't think it's even a committee anymore in Arizona. Uh, you know, as I say that, watch, you know, Chafin gets the next save or something. But <laughs> but I think McHugh is, he's the guy. Uh, I, I He's been pitching well, too. So there's no reason to not, you know, grab him in any league. Uh, he's been good. He looks like the closer uh, for a currently a, a first place team so yeah yeah might as well uh ride that if he happens to be out there definitely go scoop him up uh meanwhile the dodgers are just just a guessing game seemingly game to game uh is there anybody is it evan phillips are you going with brewster who do you want in in Dodgerland? Uh, I, you know, I've been holding Evan Phillips in, in most leagues, uh, just like basically set it and forget it type scenario with Ron Popel, Ron Popel, Ron Popel, um, RIP, RIP Ron, uh, set it and forget it, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily like Evan Phillips. That is not Ron. (laughs) I don't think Evan Phillips is necessarily like the guy but he's been good like if you look at his numbers other than the occasional like you know blow up and not even a blow up like he gives up a run here and there but he's been good like his his stats are solid so i've just put phillips in my lineup every week and you know if he gets a save he gets the save i think he's the top guy in the dodgers uh right now in the pen you know, maybe when Hudson comes back, it changes. But right now, I think it's Phillips and then the other guys. So, you know, I, I would, at this point, in most leagues, I would only go Phillips. Like, if you're really desperate, I guess Gratterall is kind of interesting. But I, I'm going Phillips. Yeah, and Gratterall hasn't been striking people out like he has before. So even his, his interest level is, is definitely dropped to some extent, even as a, a secondary guy that gets the occasional save. Um, Nard Dog, Alex Nardi, got his first save of the season. Andrew, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, Andrew. I just messed it up in my head there. Um, but I, I'd say it's still Puck's job. Just, it, you know, Nardi has his own his own followers now. So Yeah, no, totally. And I think Andrew Nardi 
much like uh, Brazaban was and uh, Grant Anderson, who I just mentioned before when we were talking about the Andersons, um, <laughs> the Anderson. What is this, the Matrix? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think Nardi is worth rostering in in a lot of leagues who, you know, just for the ratios and the Ks. So, because his, you know, he's been great. Nardi's been, like, really solid. And he's lucked into five vulture wins. So, yeah, I would I would say Nardi is a solid bet, even if he doesn't get saves, which he's probably not going to get saves other than the occasional, you know, if Puck is... Uh, but if Puck isn't necessarily the, the you know, the... the uh, the best bill of health usually. So Puck could go down at any point and Nardi looks like a solid fill-in, you know, and then uh, Floro is, you know, he's there too. So he could potentially get saves if something were to happen. Uh, You know, as of right now, AJ Puck is the guy in Miami. Yeah, I would, I would think so. And Miami's not been that bad this year. So, I mean, they are looking at winning to some extent, um, I would say maybe the biggest thing against Nardi is just the team he plays for, which is Miami, and their tendency to keep costs down on guys. And we, we know that saves tend to increase arbitration costs. So that might be the biggest hindrance is just they don't want him to have too many saves or to be labeled a closer overall. Let's give the people some pickups, and then we'll get out of here, Gray. Okay, cool. Uh, So... Mikel Garcia looks like not only a uh, like not a, not a hot potato as much as like he looks like he could potentially have rest of the season value. I wouldn't be surprised if we're back here doing a Mikel Garcia segment, uh, M- Mikel Garcia segment at some point on the podcast. Like he looks really, he looks solid. Like he looks like he could potentially stick even on shallower uh, mixed leagues. Um, Mike Tuckman. Has been good for the Cubs. Uh, I don't think that lasts necessarily, but you know uh, Ross seems to really like him. He's been batting him lead off a lot of times. Um, whenever there's a righty pitching, it, it seems like Tuckman is the uh, the guy that Ross goes to. Uh, Heimer Candelario has been solid recently. He's been hitting. Uh, I think he had a home run on Monday. He's been good even outside of that. Uh, I mentioned Andy Abanez earlier. He's been hitting well. He seems to only face lefties, though, so you got to uh, probably platoon him in and out. Uh, Tristan Casas has actually been good for like two months now. He's He's been really solid, like even for good, average. Yeah. Uh, he's been sneaky good. Um, the, the, the best Yankees hitter... Billy McKinney, I mean, <laughs> as, everyone Cubs predicted, as everyone predicted in the beginning of the season, <laughs> the number one Yankees guy, Billy McKinney, you got to get you got to get in on that McKinney guy. He's good. Going to be better than Aaron Judge, I'm hearing. Uh, so, yeah. I, oh, Drew Waters also it seems like he's been a little bit hot. So, yeah. Oh, and J.P. Uh, Crawford. Um, yeah. So there's some guys for you. Yeah, I think that's some, some good names there. I mean, Tim Anderson wishes he could be Michael Garcia. That's that, <laughs> that's how it is right now. That is, that's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll give you some pitching matchups this week. Uh, just Kyle Bradish versus Minnesota. Griffin Canning versus Arizona. Dean Kramer. and is, I'm just going to throw him in with Kyle Bradish. Every single week I do this until their ownership are, is appropriate. Uh, Andrew 
Abbott gets Baltimore at Baltimore and at Washington this week. Johan Oviedo versus Milwaukee. He's another one. I'm just going to keep throwing his name in here until his ownership gets up. Uh, Luis Ortiz versus San Diego. Julio Tehran. I don't know that I'm believing it, but he's, he's, he keeps doing it. So he's got a two-star week at the Mets and at Pittsburgh. Not overly terrified of you, either of those if you would have drafted if you would have drafted Julio Tehran at eight overall instead of Corbin Burns right now <laughs> you would be getting burned at a stake because they'd be like you're a witch you are a witch who did you who did you pay what did who you did, know what do you know you're a witch I'm, we're burning you <laughs> this is facts 100 percent facts someone is trying to see if you can float <laughs> if you weigh more than a duck Uh, Tyler Anderson versus Arizona and Martin Perez has cleaned it up after after a little bit of a bumpy start Uh, he gets versus Detroit versus Houston this week so if you got two start guys you know especially Martin Perez where he doesn't get K's in each matchup but if he can kind of get them over the week the weekly number doesn't look so bad so in, in two start weeks Martin Perez is definitely one of those guys that looks a little bit better all right, Gray, that's all I got. If you have any specific questions, go out on YouTube. Find us in the comments at youtube.com slash rasballfantasy. Find us on rasball.com and ask us questions there or out on Twitter. I am at rasbedon. Gray is, of course, the owner of the at rasball account. Gray, until next week, I will talk to you later. All right, ladies.